Konnichiwa. Howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah. And boy, are we here again, the end of a boss show. It was fun. I just am always a little sad, like the day after Christmas. It's just, it's over for another six weeks. I know. It was the usual roller coaster this time, and we are thrilled to talk about days, what are we doing? Days 11 11 through 15? 15. 15. Yes. yes. So we are going to talk about our favorite fights just in the last four days of the Basho. But first, we have some bingo winners to talk about, y'all, because we had a bunch That's of right. bingos. Like, right? We had like 65. Like, oh, it's like in the 65? 70s now. 70s now. Oh, my goodness. All oh, my goodness. And then we only had like 14 Makikoshi bingos. It, it's, it was wacky. I know. I was thinking, how are there so many records that were Kachikoshi versus, I, I guess in my brain, I always thought there's going to be an equal amount of like losing wrestlers as there are winning wrestlers. Yeah, like, but it doesn't work that way. Wise, not, okay, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Not on a bingo card anyway. <laughs> like some tournaments, we have mostly makikoshi bingos and hardly any kachikoshi. So I have not figured out the science of bingo. And I think that's probably why bingo is so much fun. Yeah, and they love cheering for the wrestler that they just didn't know they were going to be cheering for. Maybe, maybe also this time with the bingo winners, we had more people let us know that they bingoed. So maybe in the past, it's just taken people a while to report their bingos. Um, so thank you. Everyone followed the directions so perfectly. And we had, yeah, about 70 Kachikoshi winners of second place winners, and then about 13 or 14 of the Makikoshi winners. So would you like to hear a highlight of our Kachikoshi winner and our Makikoshi bingo winner? Yes, I would. All right. Our Kachikoshi winner came in, I think, on day 13. And I'll tell you why. This is why this wrestler, Myogaru, is the one who brought it home for our winner, Sean. And it was because I think in that day, Myogaru was like the first or second like match of the day. And he got his Kachikoshi. So there were a bunch of people that bingoed, but they bingoed with wrestlers who were after Miyogaru. So we got to thank Miyogaru for that, for that tournament win for yeah, well Sean. Done. And remind me, this was not the very first bingo of the game, correct? Well, the very first bingo of the game came on day four, which is, well, <laughs> which is impossible. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this was the very first official bingo. It didn't come in until day 13. Right, okay. right. And sometimes we have bingos on day 11. Yeah. So this was kind of a late bloomer as far as bingos go. But Sean came up with a beautiful bingo. And uh, we asked for some highlights about him, how he got into the sport, and who his favorite rikishi is. So. Sean says, there are about three distinct periods in his life of how I got into sumo. He said, I like this guy already. I knew, yeah, I knew of the sport when I was a kid, but didn't know much of its history and tradition, tradition until 1982 when PBS aired the Bud Greenspan series, 
numero uno. <laughs> Bud Greenspan, who is most known for the 84 Summer Olympic Games documentary, 16 Days of Glory, created a series where each episode highlighted a country's most legendary sports hero. Whoa. The very first episode was about Taiho, and Greenspan included a load of sumo history along with an extensive interview with the legend. It's a shame that the series is not available online. And I call that a challenge. Someone, someone who's listening today, see if you can get your hands on 16 Days of Glory, the highlight on Taiho, because I would love to see that. Sean goes on to say, the next, my next exposure to the sport was in the 90s when Konishki and Akebono brought attention to American audiences. During that time, ESPN would air highlights of each Basho and I'd catch up on what was happening. Unfortunately, because of work, I missed the weekend Basho that was held in San Jose, California in 1993. I was like, what? There was a weekend Basho in San Jose in 1993? Sean is just like, showering us with stuff we did not know. And then he says, after ESPN stopped airing highlights, I lost touch with the sport until a few years ago when I stumbled across Grand Sumo highlights on NHK World. It rekindled my interest. Seeing Kisuno Sato rise to Yokozuna and then Tochi Notion's Ozeki run cemented my love for the sport and I've been watching ever since. His favorite rikishis are Ura, just because he got my attention when he first came to Makauchi in 2017, and Takayasu, because I have ties to the Philippines. Hmm. I agree with you on both of those are amazing wrestlers. He also added that a Tommy Fuji to the list of his favorites. He calls them the <laughs> tomato. <laughs> which I love. I've never heard the tomato. He said he'd forgotten that he had first seen him fight when he was uh, when he won Joan Cucci in a three-way playoff in January 21. And then he had this insane nine-way Makushita playoff. And it wasn't until I was researching for a post about playoffs that he was reminded of this first Basho. And so I won't finish what he says about Atami Fuji because it gives away partly what we're going to okay. be talking about today. Okay, completely but understand. He, but he loves Atami Fuji. That Whoa. is great. Now, would you like to hear from our Maki Koshi winner, bingo winner? This uh, this winner's name is KC. I started watching Sumo when Akebono was a Yokozuna via an old show called Sumo Digest. Jack Edwards narrated some of Makuchi matches, and it was great both for the sumo itself and because I've always been a big dude and seeing fellow big dudes excelling at something other than football was kind of nice. Yeah. Inspired. Yeah, it inspired them to get into martial arts. And I stopped watching for quite some time and in the past years have rediscovered it. Basically, he missed the entire Hakaho era, which makes for some great YouTube searching for his bouts. But anyway, his current faves are Wakataka Kage. Get better soon, he says. Hoshore, you please get Akachikoshi this tournament. And Kaiho, get better soon. Or Kiho, K-I-H-O. And that's a track of all of his favorite rikishi over 400 pounds. He likes the 400 pound guys from the Futagayama stable ever since getting hooked on the Sumo Food channel on YouTube. Oh, nice. (laughs) Another good one. Another thing I'm going to have to watch. I feel like both of these winners have just showed us like just all the sumo content that we're missing out there. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to Sean, who will be receiving my homemade jam, and Casey, who will be also receiving some sumo merch compliments of us and 
big sumo fan. And we also drew names of some other winners and we have contacted you online. We will let you know if you haven't gotten your email, check your email. You just might have won some more bingo prizes by coming in second place. So we will have some of that fun stuff sent to you or we will email you your prize winnings. So congratulations to our winner winners. Very well done. We uh, just, I mean, before you know it, there'll be another tournament and more chances to win. So if you didn't win this time around, there's always next time. And we had a lot of people who were like, I've been playing for a solid year and I finally got a bingo. I see familiar emails on the list too. Yes. I, I noticed people yes. who've been playing for like over a year or maybe two yeah. and their emails come in very often like, oh, got my second place bingo. Ooh, and I just love having this like email. <laughs> it's like having an email pen pal in Norway or in France or something where you're like, hi, just checking in. Did you like this Basho? I did. I didn't. You know, that sort of thing. It's always fun. Yeah. Y'all are our friends like through bingo. We get to know y'all. Bingo buddies. Are you ready to jump into, I don't really have any news because the news would give away everything we're going to talk about, but let's just jump into day 11. Let's take us back to day 11. Now, I will admit that thinking about day 11 was like four months ago. Like I... Yeah, look at my was. notes and I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know uh, what was happening on day 11 other than we were just super excited about Atami Fuji. And, and Hero still was am. excited about everything on that day. If you listened to the English commentary, he was like over the top. I started writing down his quotes that day because they were just so amazing. I mean, he j- he's the most enthusiastic of them all. He just is genuinely like the biggest fan of all of those guys, I think. He really is. At least is. it seems like it. And nobody or, else... Or- a nobody super else. Fan. He's like, a super fan. Yes, 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 yes. Nobody else sounds like they're jumping out of their seat like he does. He's fabulous. Well, let's jump in. The first match I want to talk about is the match between Gonoyama and Endo. First, I am on the Gonoyama train. I really am. But let's just say that this match had a huge tachi eye and it was so big that Endo is kind of off balance from it. So it seems like Gonoyama kind of won that. And Endo sort of stumbled to the dirt and he was wondering just like how... Did that happen so friggin' fast? Gonoyama's Tachiai, which basically was like that spelled the end for Endo, it just must have been so amazingly powerful because Endo had no answer for it. It was an Oshitayoshi. It was a win for Gonoyama. It was just this crush and it just happened so quick. I couldn't kind of believe my eyes. So some of these young little whippersnappers... <laughs> are pretty amazingly strong, you know? Yes. You know, as you're describing it, what it makes me think of is, you know, when people put on those terrible inflated sumo suits over here in America? Yeah. It's like two people put on those suits and one of them had only worn it this one time and the other one had actually practiced in it a little bit. And then they (laughs) ran towards each other and just one oshied the heck out of the other one in a sumo suit. That's really what it reminded me of. (laughs) Yeah, it was very strange, but uh, I enjoyed watching it. And Hero's response to it was, and I quote, 
I hope you didn't breathe because this just happened. Which says absolutely nothing. It's like one of those comments where I'm like, he said nothing, but he was so excited. I didn't realize this, but Endo had been on a seven bout winning streak. He'd won seven in a row up until that, Mm -hmm. that match. And then Gonayama just bellied him off the He ended it. Yeah. Yeah. Avi versus Ura. Ura and his low sumo doesn't phase Abi too much as Abi keeps up his thrusting to the neck pretty consistently. Ura is moved backwards and at one point he tries to duck down real low to avoid Abi's push and does a little too much and Abi seizes on it immediately, grabs around very low Ura's head and uh, pushes him into the dirt. But not before Ura gives us a complete frontal flip in the air, and then hits the dirt. I mean, if he wasn't in sumo, he clearly should have been in gymnastics or or stunts, a professional stuntman, because he loves to fling himself through the air. And I I think everyone lives for it. Yes, I do know. I, I really do think that is part of his arsenal in not getting hurt. Like he knows so how to flexible. He just knows how to stay airborne long enough to curl himself into a little bitty ball and hit the floor uh, in a way that doesn't hurt him so much. So I appreciate it. I also just, you know, he's he, it's a little bit of Ric Flair. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. The next bout of the day I want to talk about is this very exciting match between Atami Fuji and Komasubi. Tobizaru. Just reminding you, Amigashira 15, who was at 10, well, I'll tell you what this score is in a second, against Komasubi Tobizaru. So the, the big matchups are getting pretty exciting for Tommy Fuji. I wrote, oh my word. I wrote. I thought initially. I wrote. Yeah, what'd you write? Shit just got real. Yeah. See, <laughs> I thought this was the day when, yeah, when it was just about to get a lot harder for sweet Atami Fuji. So basically, the way the match goes is they start, well, yeah, this is when everything gets a lot harder for sweet Atami Fuji. This is when they start matching him up with Komasubis that he's never met and kind of breaking him down. You know, I'm sure someone behind well, the scenes is like, we can't have this Megashir 15 taking this. Like, he's got to fight these big guys and and it happens on day 10. And well, so yeah. that's what they but, did. But we should say, he does train with a Yokozuna back at his Heia. Yeah. It's not like he's never met them in the training stable, but he hasn't met them in this division up top yet. Let me tell you about this match. Upon the Tachiai, Tobizaru gets wrapped up and overwhelmed by Atami Fuji. And you can see Tobizaru is trying as hard as he can, trying to push Atami Fuji and thinks, what can I do? (laughs) But by that time, Atami Fuji is in full-on tank mode and is pushing back on Tobizaru, who is powerless and sort of trying to get lower and really digging into his heels and trying to get out of this kind of predicament of being overwhelmed by a Atami Fuji, he's like trying to inch sideways, but just then Atami Fuji goes full atomic Fuji. And with a left hand deep grip, he flips the hell like a pancake out of Tobizaru. And it is a beautiful Uwatanage on Tobizaru. And Tobizaru is toast. This match was everything for me. The the buildup of, oh, they're putting him up against a big time Komasubi, who is very, very tricky. He's the flying monkey. And Atami Fuji 
delivered like he was a demon possessed. He delivered an incredible match. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I've been so impressed. Actually watching a Tommy Fuji, you know, this whole Basho has made me want to go back and watch the last time he was in this upper division and kind of see what was going wrong. Because this time he's just been so, for the most part, has been so much more stable. And he's done such a good job of wrapping up his opponents and not letting them escape one side or the other and controlling the match in a way that makes his opponents fight the way he wants to fight. So I don't remember if he was just unable to do that last time he was up top or or if it was a timing issue or what. But uh, I honestly thought, that Tobizaru was going to run circles around him and that Tobizaru would walk away with this one. And the fact that he didn't, just he earned a lot of points in my book for this one. Me too. It was incredible. All right. I've got two more matches I want to talk about. This was a little nerve wracking because all of our Ozekis uh, on this day are very close to very middle meh kind of uh, kind of numbers. So Karishima up against Kota Nawaka. Uh, I want to chat about that one a little bit, as well okay. as the Wakamoto Haru versus Takakesho. Now, Kirishima does, uh, up against Kota Nawaka, he does a great job of really staying focused after he realizes he cannot move the hunk of meat that is Kota Nawaka. Kirishima stayed close and moved Kota Nawaka back and out. And Kota Nawaka tried a beautiful evasion kind of shift at the edge with a pivot and hoped to lay Kirishima down behind him. But Kirishima had great defense. He showed great defense and he shifted his body weight the other direction to avoid being thrown at the edge by Kota Nawaka. And it was just really nice Ozeki level sumo from Kirishima, who managed to maneuver Kota Nawaka back a few more inches and he sent him out of the ring with a Gyori Kiri win in the end for Kirishima. So Kirishima is now sitting at seven and four, which is making me a little bit less nervous. But Kota Nawaka is not an easy foe. So I enjoyed seeing him win that one and kind of it was it was great sumo on both their parts. So that was nice to see Kirishima yeah. come out on top. Wakamoto Haru versus Takakesho. So this was basically straightforward. Angry Hamster does it. Just out cannonballs Wakamoto Haru, who can't really withstand Takakesho's powerful pushes. He tried a forearm blast up top on Takakesho, but all that did was just kind of anger the hamster and made him go into super attack mode, which is what he did. So he won with a Oshi Taoshi. He is now eight and three Ozeki Takakesho, and he's looking pretty good. Yeah. That really, is all I've got for looked, day 11. Yeah. I was happy Takakesho got his Kachikoshi that day. He was the first Ozeki to get that Kachikoshi. I was happy for him, since, especially since he was injured the last Basho. He's, he's had some rough months leading up to this. Yeah. And uh, yeah. on day 11, he was already starting to, you know, stand proud and really show the world that he was still strong and still capable and should be in the running for the Basho. So I thought it was really good. As Hero would have said, this is another quote. He has power. He has energy. He has juice. He does have juice. I definitely <laughs> agree. He has power and energy and juice. And he and showed juice. it all on day That's 11. Right. So at the end of day 11, we had 
Tommy Fuji was in the lead by two matches. He was 10-1, and he was followed by uh, three gentlemen at eight and three, and that was Takakesho, Takayasu, and Surogisho. And Takayasu, if you remember, on day 10, it looked like he had been injured. He landed really hard on his hip, so we weren't quite sure what was going on. Surogisho was just kind of surprising us all with his fantastic and strong sumo at that at that place in the Basho. And so that takes us into day 12. Uh, a, an awful lot of fellows started to get their kachikoshi on day 12. Made me very happy to see. Me Takayumi did. Hokuseiho did by lifting a very, very heavy dude up by the belt straight off the ground. I thought he did a great job. Kimbozan got his kachikoshi and just had a massive head bonk in one of his fights. That And they showed him in the interview and on his forehead, it was just like, this huge red grapefruit size bonk mm-hmm. where you could see where he had headbutt <laughs> his opponent. And I just thought, oh my God, it's amazing. He can say anything. He's I'm gonna so vain. I could never do this sport because I'm just so vain. You would every just day be- you go <laughs> pull it to ahead. work and you and you risk your beautiful face every oh, day at work. I was thinking you would just like pull your hair down and make bangs over your forehead in order to cover that. No, I already <laughs> do that with my forehead wrinkles. So that's how you fight aging. Bangs. Bangs. Um, I'm gonna need unfortunately these guys need- can't have they can't bangs. Do that. If they had tiny sumo bangs. That would make me so happy. That really like would too. I'm gonna need tiny wispy wang bangs. I'm gonna need like full <laughs> facial bangs. I think I just said wangs. I think I just said wang. Yeah, I think you did say wangs. Uh, sumo wangs. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. that's like southern for Farrah Fawcett hair wangs. <laughs> no, I mean I went the other direction. It's it's a ding dong. <laughs> Which I'm glad they don't have on their forehead. But anyway, I digress. They don't have ding-dongs on their forehead. They would need a whole different head covering if their ding-dongs were on their forehead. (laughs) Oh, Oh, anyway. (laughs) We have devolved into just completely getting this. This is okay. what happens when we record at night. We don't normally record at night. All right. There's just nothing left in the tank. All right, back to okay. day 12. Day 12. So uh, one of my favorite fights of the day was Surugisho versus Ura. And uh, Surugisho, you know, being in in a... Yeah, or at least having a chance at the Basha. I was really kind of interested to see how this was going to go down. And Ura's Mr. Personality, we all love him. And there's almost always a, a match where, you know, Ura ends up in my favorite match of the day. And this this was one of them. Ura got the belt. He got Surigisho's belt early on and he pulled. And then Surigisho just kind of brushed him off. And Ura got back inside real fast, grabbed Surigisho's belt again. And Surigisho reached over the back of Ura and grabbed Ura's belt on the back, right? So... Essentially, what happened is it ended up in this huge belt battle between huge, big old Surigisho and tiny Winnie the Pooh-sized Ura. Large belly and small, (laughs) mighty belly. And Ura, I mean, Surigisho is very girth-blessed. 
Ura negotiated Suragisho in this belt battle back to the bales. He looked to be winning, but Suragisho hooked one leg around Ura's leg, sort of in a last-ditch effort not to go out, and he leaned his full belly into Ura, sort of turning this belt battle into one of my favorite Kimarite, which is a Kokonage, where they've got one leg hooked and it's up in the air and they're leaning forward. But who is always going to win a battle of flexibility? Ura. Flexibility and balance, it's always going to go to Ura at the end. And Ura leaned his little tiny belly into Suragisho and actually won that Kimarite battle of the bands. And I just thought it was so cool. (laughs) And Ura just did it for me again on day 12. He's not in uh, the Basho battle, but just for pure entertainment's sake, I just thought that one did it for me. Tamawashi arrived on day 12, though. And I do have to mention it. He got his very first win Ugh. on day 12 against, well, against Chiyoshoma, who's also having a terrible basho this time. <laughs> but he won. It's like he got past the mountain of losses and he just decided, I am going to show up to work and I'm going to work hard and at least I can beat this guy. And he did it. So well done for his first win on day 12, Tamawashi. It's got to just feel like a big relief when that happens, you know? Takayasu won against Nishikigi on day 12, keeping him, you know, one off the pace, essentially, or two off the pace at that point. So I was happy with him, happy that he was he was winning and he was still in it. That made me very happy. And then one of the biggest battles of the day, I have to mention, Atami Fuji versus Daesho. And again, this is another one of those shit just got real moments. He's meeting the guys in the joy, you know, all these high ranked guys. Mm-hmm. And Daesho just windmilled Atami Fuji like his life depended on it. He put all of his strength into his pushes. And Atami Fuji did a really good job meeting that challenge and just tried to throw off Daesho's arms and disrupt his rhythm. But then Daesha went for Atami Fuji's neck and mouth, and I think he scratched Atami Fuji's cheek yeah. as he was doing it. It yeah. looked actually really frightening because it was like his Daesha's full body force was going into this kid's head and neck. And I don't know, it just it worked. <laughs> and Atami yeah. Fuji went out of the ring. It honestly looked a little frightening to me. Yeah, maybe Daisha needs to file those nails down. <laughs> Some of them need to. They end up pretty bloody. And I'm like, that looks like a scratch. You should check for a hangnail. Yeah. But and this no, is just one of no those where I was like, me. yeah, I wonder if he filed those into a point because that's, that <laughs> is a little bloody looking to me. It was an exciting fight simply because, you know, Atami Fuji was two in the lead. And so he lost that big old lead. And now he's only one ahead and it's sort of balancing things out in the way that sumo programmers like to do they really like everybody to be in a tie by day 15 <laughs> yes so that happened on day 12 takakesho had absolutely no problem taking out kotonawaka on day 12 i was kind of surprised by this i thought kotonawaka would put up it would be a bit more of a challenge for Takakesho, but it just it honestly just made Takakesho look like a specimen of power and strength. He was he just looked unstoppable. It was beautiful. 
there were lots of other exciting fights that day, but I'm not going to mention them just because we have so much more sumo to go over. But at the end of day 12, Atami Fuji was in the lead and one away was Takakesho and Takayasu at that point. And I was still, I mean, as much as we tried to talk ourselves out of it, and say, oh, no, 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 it's never going to happen for Takayasu. I was still very much on the Takayasu train on day 12, hoping it would go through. And also on the Atama, Atami Fuji train. Yeah, 100%. All right. Day 13. I'm going to go kind of all the way down to Nishikigi versus Shodai, which I know I'm skipping over. Takayasu lost a hoke to Fuji. He's not at nine and four, but let's let's move on because they're the the later matches of this day were exciting. Yeah, this whole day, this, I really loved day thirteen. I thought it was yeah. just so kick ass. I loved it. There was a lot of cool stuff going on, and um, I would have to say that this match was completely surprising to me. Shodai versus Nishikigi. Nishikigi has been all power. I know his tournament his his record's not been that great, but he is in that meat grinder position, so you expect it to kind of be bad. But Shodai just showed up and plum out powered. Nishikigi. He stayed upright like he usually does, but managed to quickly get in and envelop, just wrap up Nishikigi and make a quick rush to the ring's edge and sent him out simply with a Yorikiri. And it just reminded me, Shodai is incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. If he manages to get what he wants with his game plan, if he has a game plan, he is very, very strong. Tsurugisho versus Wakamoto Haru. Wakamoto Haru does a nice job of staying grounded while managing to kind of actually outmuscle a much larger man. It was a Yorikiri win for Wakamoto Haru, and he gets his Kachikoshi this day. Like he got a big bloody nose. <laughs> though, he did, yeah. For his trouble. Yeah, for his trouble in this match. Like I was like, that is so much blood. It was a huge slap slap from the beginning of the match from Tsurugisho that just kind of, I think, made the beast in Wakamotoharu come out. And he turned on some crazy strength to win that with Yorikiri. But he, again, came out <laughs> looking like Carrie. The horror movie. How how you managed to go through that without mentioning his shoulders is beyond I me. do what I can. I look well done. to the sumo wrestler himself, not to his physicality. <laughs> Because I'm not a shallow <laughs> hornball of a person. Um, yes, you are. Hmm. And I you am. have good reason to be. He is, <laughs> he is, I mean, on the hot scale of wrestlers, you know, he is up there. Both he and his brother. Come on, he's up there. Like, yeah. Well, and the other one who we don't know, but they all have great, great traps and lats and all the things. Anyway, <laughs> I move on. Daisho versus Gonoyama. I love this matchup because both men fight exactly the same and have the same physical advantages. And although Daesho has a bit more experience, he does show it with a very quick slapdown maneuver mid-thrusting sequence that had Gonoyama kind of stumbling forward and into the dirt. But I did enjoy this matchup and seeing these two guys who fight so much in the same way. Like they just, they kind of hunkered down and their body types are similar and they have the same approach. So Gonoyama, clearly he's a younger guy. He needs more, more track time with Daesho, but uh, he put up a good fight until he didn't at the end and he lost. 
He's going to be a force. Yeah. He's going to be a yeah, force he really to be reckoned is. with. He's that incredibly one. strong like Goedo. Uh, so I, I'm loving every time I see him fight as fiercely as Goedo fought. So that was um, this is this is going to continue to be fun for us. Takakesho versus Atami Fuji. Okay, everyone. This was a big blast from Takakesho that actually doesn't rattle Atami Fuji too much. He held up, Atami Fuji held up pretty good for a second there, but in the end, he managed to get outpowered by Takakesho and his blasts. And eventually he got inside with his under, like under the armpit position, I think uh, Hazuoshi, uh, not what it's called. And uh, with a Yori Kitty sent Atami Fuji out of the doyo. Takakesho is at 10 and 3, and Atami Fuji is also at 10 and 3. So I didn't like the outcome of that. I wanted Atami Fuji to win, but the Ozeki won. Here's my question to you What advice do you think Terana Fuji gave him before that fight? Do your brand of sumo. Because <laughs> isn't that all they? That might have been his only sentence. No way. Um, I bet. I bet you that he was like, "Dude, that guy's tough." Yeah, because he he's really hard. I have trouble with him too. He's strong. He's little, so he always has like a height advantage. He's always going to be lower than you. Yeah, like I bet he was like, "Watch, watch your tail." Watch your tail. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And then that. I don't know. But they all fight so differently. So how can one guy, you know, tell another guy how to fight because he's got a different body? I don't know. I think Atami Fuji knows. You know, he's young and you know he's got a big heart. Of course, he wants to win against Takakesho. But I think he bowed afterwards with like he always bows with such big, like a big bow because I think he really loves the sport so much. He appreciates. Even when he gets outpowered and gets beat, he appreciates the experience. And I think you could see that. Like, he may be disappointed, but the kid is like so hungry to learn and to get better. So I appreciate how when you watch sumo, you connect with their emotions yeah. so much. Well, because they're real you people. You always do. And like, wouldn't you be like, <laughs> you'd have nervous diarrhea all morning if you knew you had to go against Takakesho. <laughs> Any of the Ozekis, you'd be like, oh, geez. No- no idea. I was just going to say, I would wake up knowing that I was about to go flat on my butt in the, in the but, ring. Yeah, but That's you've done that before. You know, me. you still but have to him. overcome it. You know, like if you're nervous to do a show, you still have to do the show. You go out there and you just deal with your nerves. And I think that's what we see in these guys. I will say, though, uh, Ozeki uh, Kirishima and Ozeki Hoshoryu, Kirishima came out on top and beat Hoshoryu. So Kirishima got his kachikoshi on day 13. So that's big. And I think we were all relieved when that happened. Yeah. I know yeah, I was. Yeah, me too. So that meant going into day 13, we had two guys now tied for lead. The guy at the top of the Bonzuke and the guy at the bottom of the Bonzuke. And then now we had four people tied at second place, which was kind of exciting. Daesho, Takiyasu, Hokuseiho, and Kimbozan. And I thought day 14 was really super fun as well. Okay, let's just talk about the big one. The big ones. Atami Fuji versus Abi. The guy tied for first place. Okay, and Atami Fuji, again, looked really, really nervous on this day. (laughs) And Abi hankered so big and so high 
And Atami Fuji ran right past Abi. And I swear, I thought he was going to run himself right out of the ring. But no, he didn't. He recovered. Atami Fuji recovered right at the edge, turned around. He did such a good job. And he got his left hand on Abi's belt. And you know, if you can catch Abi by the belt, you're usually going to win. And that is what happened. Atami Fuji changed the entire style of that sumo match. He did not allow Abi to push or to shove or to do any of his usual stuff around the neck. He turned it into a Mawashi battle and he drove Abi back and over the bales. He just did such a good job responding quickly and neutralizing the kind of sumo that Abby tends to do. He kept cool head. He was like cool tone Luke. I love this. Did I get kid. that right? Cool tone Luke. Uh, cool hand yeah. Luke. Cool tone. Cool, that's cool what tones it is. are in the fall. <laughs> we are cool. I, well, jewel no, tones I started singing. And I was like, wait, <laughs> was that like a singer? Was that like a hip hop singer? No, there was an cool, old movie. Cool, cool, cool hand Luke. Cool tone it was in Luke. like an old Who John was- Wayne, I don't know, or one of Gene Autry. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I say things and then like a little part of my brain goes, wait a minute, that's not quite right. And yeah. So well, there, there are older right, references but. that most of our listeners may not know. But you know what? Today <laughs> I referenced the Carol Burnett show like everyone knows the Carol Burnett show like I do. And I was like, no, you probably yeah. don't. But that's okay. But uh, back to sumo, I, made- I do. I love this kid. Atomic Fuji is what he was again this day. He allowed no trickeration from yeah. Abby and and I enjoyed I enjoyed it. Going back to old references, I referenced Rick Steves travel show I the other day. I love Rick Steves and European travels. I, I watch it when I go to bed. Yeah, I well, watch it in my free time. I love Rick <laughs> Steves European travels. And if anybody knows Rick Steves, you can tell him I love Rick but, Steves European travels. <laughs> the people that I was around, there was this long awkward pause and then one of them was like I think that's a really old show, guys. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong, but he's still making like, shows today. Okay. I love that Rick Steves. <laughs> you know what? He's going to come back around just like bell bottoms. I wore a pair of bell bottoms and I wore them unironically to my high school reunion this weekend. And I was like, I got to. Were they no, red? I was like, I got to stay hip. Even if no one else here is remotely hip, I got to do what the young kids are doing. And I, I think, last time I checked, I've seen okay. bell bottoms happening. Anyway, I've got a pair. I'm still coming around to the 80s jeans that have made their way back. Yeah. Well, I'm there already, but it's okay. The kids call them mom jeans, and I just call them the jeans I wore the first time around, and then now I'm wearing them again. But it's a slippery slope because when you start wearing them over a certain age, people don't know if you're fashionable or you're out of fashion. You know what I mean? I know. You have no. to make sure the See, rest of the no, outfit I, works to make sure everyone knows that you're being fashionable. Well, some 20, 20 year old kids that I've been hanging around with, they call skinny jeans mom well, jeans right. now. Skinny jeans are out. That's wear. why I was wearing bell bottoms. The skinnies right. are out, everyone. <laughs> so, what we used to call mom jeans are now the cool hip jeans again, which well, just but makes sense. They call them mom no jeans on, online now. The young kids buy mom jeans. <laughs> anyway, if you want your sumo, come to Sumo Kaboom. And if you want fashion, come to Sumo Kaboom. <laughs> anyway, back to the sumo. On day 14, I just got to mention Shodai yeah. versus Asanoyama. Because why can't this Shodai show up every day? I know. 
Why can't that happen? There was a huge clash. Shodai got his favorite sort of double inside high grip right underneath the armpits and drove forward, keeping Asanoyama from escaping right or left, just boxed him in beautifully. And it's just, when it works, it's just so just like gobsmackingly amazing. It's amazing. And it always works on the people I don't expect it to work on. Yeah. That's what's so weird about Shodai. It's like he doesn't care about most matches. And then every once in a while, he sees somebody that's like, I know everybody else talks about you more than me. So I'm going to show up today. (laughs) Or it's as if he just brings that style of sumo to the people who are at the very highest yeah. levels. He's like, you're cream of the crop. I'm cream of the crop. You have risen to my level of sumo. So therefore, I will bless you with my brand of sumo today. And that's what he did with Asanayama. Yeah. And then sometimes he's just like, no, you're just not Shodai class. Maybe he's like, we're both, you're, I'm just not we're gonna both former Ozekis. Let's see who's better of these former Ozekis. So, yep. And wow, it was, it really bowled me over and I just loved it. And it made me very excited to continue watching day 14. So thank you for that, Shodai. Uh, Gonoyama got his Kachikoshi. Takayasu stayed well-balanced and just beautifully focused and won against Tobizaru on day 14, earning himself a huge stack of of envelopes. I believe the winning move was an Okuri Dashi. So he just like stayed right in the center, let Tobizaru turn himself around and then pushed him out from the back. So that meant that Takayasu was still in the race after day 14 for the Basho. And I was so excited. Kinbozan lost to Kotonowaka right at the edge, taking him out of the race. Sorry, Kimbo-san. Hokuseiho, I didn't even write what happened to him on that day. So let's just forget about him altogether. I just wrote, Wakamoto Haru got his ninth win as Sekiwagi. Ooh, those muscles. And I'll go on. Okay. Kurishima versus Daesho. This this was a surprise match for me. Mm-hmm. This really was. Daesho thrusting like mad. Thrusting like his life depended on it. I know I say that a lot, but he really did. Kirishima eventually got that sort of like Shodai high grip on Daesho right underneath the armpits like that. And Daesho, this was such a cool move that I just believe we don't see enough in sumo. Daesho, knowing that he was caught underneath the armpits by a very dangerous Kirishima, just put both feet on the ground, moved his belly forward and leaned backwards like Santa Claus laughing in the wind, naked. (laughs) And... He lifted Karishima up in the air because Karishima like had a hold of this guy. He his belly essentially lifted Karishima up off the deck, and then he just did a beautiful arm throw. I just I loved the belly lift move, and I thought, why don't we see that more? That's great. So Daisha won that one, and you said that was Daisha's tenth yeah. win. Yeah, that was his tenth win, yeah. which could go towards his Ozeki run. Yes, it could go towards his Ozeki run. It also kept him in the run for the Basho race because he was kind of in second place. So well done there. And uh, I'll just say, how sure are you? Met Takakesho. And it was also very, very exciting. 
uh, but I'm just going to abbreviate because we have a whole another day to talk about. Takakesho pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and Hoshoryu moved around and moved around and moved around and he tried to slap down. And right at the very, very end, Hoshoryu got a grip on Takakesho's belt and just flipped him over in a really nice Uwatanage. But the point is Takakesho lost and Hoshoryu won, taking Hoshoryu to 7-7 really close to his Kachikoshi or Makikoshi. So it just made it very exciting going into the final day. And we were going into the final day with Atami Fuji, the only one in the lead again, 12-3, and then still four guys right after him, 11-4. Takakesho, Daesho, Takeyasu, Hokuseiho. And so that takes us into the final day where really anything could happen. That's right. Ooh. Day 15. And can I also yeah. just say... That in order to win this whole basho, all Atami Fuji had to do on day 15 was just win his first yeah. match. <laughs> yeah. That's all he had to do. That was it. And that's, I think everybody was hoping for this. Let me start out by saying Shodai eked out Akachi Koshi the very last minute against Takara Fuji. Both of them were seven and eight going into this. And in Shodai fashion, he aggressively fought with a lot of forward movement and he had a beauty of an awatanage he pulled and it was a quick setup and sort of just he sort of rebounded off of Takara Fuji to throw him and it just was lovely lovely use of momentum and a strong throw uh from Shodai so well done all right the next match of the day that everyone had their eyeballs on was, and I love it again, whoever is the mix master behind the scenes setting up these matches, Atami Fuji versus Asanoyama. Yes. And did you see they kept showing Atami Fuji's sister, sister yes, in the audience? Who, did you see that? I did. His sister, who is also uh, huge into sumo in the women's side of things, at least collegially, collegiately. Is that the right word? She was there sure. and cheering him on, and the whole family was nervous, as was, I'm sure, Atami Fuji. So this was a match that was a perfect matchup. I smiled kind of when I saw how these two were put together. Two underdogs. Now, I'm not, I know Asanoyama is not an underdog, but they're the two people that I think people are always wishing the absolute best for. For Asanoyama to regain his status to Ozeki and become the Yokozuna that everyone thought he was going to be, and he's not having that kind of tournament. And then Atami Fuji, who everyone is just, he's adorable and excited to see. And so, well, the Tachiai is equally strong between these two guys, but Asanoyama moves forward and immediately gets some sort of outside left hand grip on Atami Fuji. He's inching on Atami Fuji, moving him backwards and around and to the edge. Now he clearly has the advantage, Asanoyama does, but his grip has kind of slipped out. And Asanoyama is in the, at this point in the match, he's completely driving the car. Atami Fuji tries to evade and pivot at the edge, but Asanoyama keeps him moving backwards and out. Asanoyama stumbled to the ground too at the end of this, but somehow became, I guess, by winning this by Yuri Kitty, kind of became the villain in my mind of this match because oh. he, he's not a villain. But in that split second of him beating Atami Fuji by Yori Kiri, the Yusho race oh. just got really interesting. And Atami Fuji is now tied with the rest of the pack. And Asanoyama did that to him. And Atami Fuji bowed with so much intention, but he so honored Asanoyama in that moment of losing. You could see him thinking, though, that will not happen to me again. 
And I think I love this kid even more after this loss because you could see how hard that hit on his heart, but also his drive to be like, okay, I tried my best. This guy is really, really good, but I learned a little something today and I won't, I won't let that happen. I'm going to come back stronger next time. What a character building moment. Cause you know, I mean, what talent this kid's going to be there for years and I'm sure we'll win a Basho in the future. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say, except for it hurt my heart when it happened to, (laughs) I wanted it for him. And at the same time, I thought, you know what? That's like, I wanted it to be a short. This is what I'm trying to say. I wanted it to be a Tokushoryu moment because I loved it when Tokushoryu won. But then the part of my brain that was like, no, actually, this is probably the way it should be. Right. So this guy has a lot more experience and he lost to Takakesha. And and yes, this is the way it should turn right. out. But I'm kind yeah. of bummed. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Gonoyama, I just want to say real fast, if you remember this match, him versus Tobizaru, you also saw so much can-do spirit with this Gonoyama. He, it was just mostly a slap and push battle, but he, he stayed on his feet, Gonoyama did, when Tobizaru did like a really strong hand pull-down maneuver. He hopped all around, and Gonoyama stayed so incredibly focused. He followed him like like a dog on the hunt, and dealt some pretty epic blasts in return there, including the end, which finished Tobizaru off with a huge thrust. I think Tobizaru had like three failed pull-down attempts in there, and Gonoyama was like, I am not going to be moved off balance. I am steady. So he won with an Oshidashi, which is exciting for the the young up and up and comers that are showing themselves in this tournament. You know what I think I just figured out about you? What? Is you you like the hairy dudes. Well, I'm not attracted to Gonoyama like I am. <laughs> By the way, I almost took a video. There was a guy in uh, the Hofbrau restaurant that I went to with mom and dad who looked exactly yeah. like Takayasu. And I mean, no I, I am not lying. He didn't have the hair, but he had the size and the head. The head was exactly the same. His face looked exactly the same. I almost took a picture because, and then I was like, I can't put that out to the world because whoever this guy is should be anonymous. But I was like, Takayasu has a doppelganger and he lives in Texas. And if I didn't have a boyfriend, I would totally have gone over to that big guy and said, let me give you my number. And then he would have been like, you're crazy. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Kotonowaka versus Wakamoto Haru. This was a frontal crush out if I have ever seen one in my life. Everyone loved this fight. Yeah, so Kotonowaka proved yeah. that he may be young, but he is a technician and knows how to command the fight and use his weight to his advantage. He turned the tables on Wakamoto Haru, and at the end, he managed to like be backed up against the edge by Wakamoto Haru, and then he lifted up three times on Wakamoto Haru to reverse his position, worked himself around to the center again, and then pushed Wakamoto Haru to the edge. And then Kotonowaka leaned forward and just crushed Wakamoto Haru out of the doyo and fell on him like an enormous tree, all of his body weight. It was epic. It was just a complete crush out, which any normal person would never have survived. (laughs) 
they yeah. would have they yeah. would have punctured a lung with that fall. But that brought Kosciuszko to nine it's and six, the same record amazing. as Wakamajaru. I just thought it was a, a really cool Sekiwake showdown. And watching Wakamajaru in that bout, it reminded me a lot of watching his brother Wakatakahage. Yeah. You could see their similar fighting styles, and you could see how hard they have to work against much larger opponents. Yeah. It's a family thing. Uh, they they just have trouble with those bigger opponents. But boy, I just thought he gave it everything he had. Didn't come out with a win, but kudos to Coach Nwaka on that one. All right. Hoshoryu versus Hokuseho. Now, I love this match because it's the protege of Hakaho and the protege or the nephew of Hakaho's rival, Asashoryu. I like the drama of this. And Hokuseho had focus up top, but Hoshoryu had a game plan. He came in low, got inside on Hokuseho. He who like, couldn't work his magic from above. So Hoshoryu quickly did a kakanage around the thigh of Hokuseho and Hokuseho went tumbling to the dirt on his bootay. And Hoshoryu got his kachikoshi finally. And mm-hmm. we could all sigh a little bit of relief. Oh, Hoshoryu got the the magical uh, bow prize for this one, I think. So uh, <laughs> let's call it the magical bow. I don't bow know. From it's not on. a special prize, that. but it's like it's a it's magical, a ma- magical bow. bow. It is. It does magic. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm sure it does magic. I wonder what kind of magic he will use. I don't it know. For. Maybe, oh. me, I don't know. Maybe oh we'll my have gosh. to follow up on his magical magical bow and arrow business between turn this but it was a watashi komi bale of hay into a cat (laughs) it was a watashi komi win which (laughs) is a um a thigh grabbing push down and then i will say that takakesho (laughs) it was a typical fight between him and daesho and takakesho came out on top easily. You can imagine the way it played out between these two. It was an akuridashi. It was, I guess, but it still kind of looked like the regular Takakesho cannonball fight. But what that meant is Takakesho went to 11 and four. He is now tied with Atami Fuji. And then the last bout of the day, Takayasu lost his match to a very feisty Kirishima who didn't really need that extra win, but he had to turn one in and he did. And he out-wrestled Takayasu. And it about broke my heart because Takayasu was out of the yeah. out of the running. But that meant we got a playoff. I can't really set up this match other than saying it's like watching 12 minutes of buildup where one man who is Takakesho is giving full godfather, full on yeah, yeah, Brando faces. And Atami mm-hmm. Fuji is mm-hmm. nervous. He's ready to fight. And Takakesho is pulling out all the stops to make him wait. Uh, he's not ready to fight. And he's just wasting his time by playing these mental, I'm going to screw you up. I'm going to F you up kind of mind games and faces and i was in it i was in it the it whole time the i love it was a soap opera a yep. complete soap opera and so what happened is the that is the daytime tv that i would watch yeah i really would you can tell atami fuji is clearly rattled by it he just his whole heart wants to fight his whole heart has so much energy has so much excitement for this one moment in time and he just gets played like a fiddle by the intimidation coming from Takakesho, which made it all the more surprising when the moment finally happened 
they they hunker down, they're ready to go, both hands go down. And what happens? Takakesho does a, a hit and shift. That's the nicest way of saying Hanka, but it was some sort yeah. of hit and shift. And Atami Fuji goes full steam ahead, full heart. What is it in Friday Night Lights? Uh, full hearts can't lose, big, big eyes. <laughs> Full hearts. I've can't never lose. seen Friday Night Lights. I like the full hearts can't lose big eyes. That should be on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> That's not it at all. But I like that because that did describe Dummy Fuji. He was like, oh no. And he just went straight forward and Takakesho played him. And it was a Hataki Komi slap down. It happened so fast. But you know what didn't happen fast is the backlash online because Everyone had an opinion about Takakesho winning a tournament with what everyone perceives as a hanka. And you can say whatever you want. I, I, it's not a full hanka. I wouldn't say that it's a full hanka, would you? I would for an Ozeki, absolutely. Was it a full meeting of the Tachiai? Absolutely not. It To me, this is my opinion on it. I've read so many people's opinions on it. And I was like, this is how I feel. I do have to agree. And and the YDC chairman uh, chatted about it as well. And, and a lot of people had this opinion. Look, a win is a win. And no one tells these guys when they get there anything other than you need to win. And Hako said the same thing. Everyone gave him a hard time about the forearm blast. I think that's the kachiage, the forearm blast or the slaps. And and he brought that into his style. And everybody was upset at the time about it. But he would say over and over again, it doesn't matter as long as you get the win. And I think everyone's hearts are a little broken because everyone knows Takakesho's ability to meet something so honestly and and bring his best sumo style. That is his style is upfront, aggressive. He he do, he rarely does these hidden shifts, you know? He he just rarely does. And so everyone wanted that. And then when they didn't get that, especially in this last bout of the day, everyone felt cheated. And I think everyone had an opinion about it because everyone's hearts were involved. Everyone wanted that for a Tommy Fuji. And even if you love Takakesho, people who who are the biggest fans of Takakesho were upset about it because they were like, oh man, he can beat this guy. This guy's a lower ranked guy. Show him what you got. Show him how you beat a Micah Sheriff 15. Like by doing your full, meeting your sumo, like the way, your brand of sumo, you know? And by doing this kind of evasion technique, no one got to see that. And I think that everyone was just- But they did. He won. They got to see it just two days before. Well, that's so here's they, my they thought. Also, he beat him outright. He did. He beat him outright. It's legit. And and that is Takakesho's style. Who's to say that's not? In the moment where it really matters, play some trickery, do something unexpected, and you'll get win. No, my thought is he already beat him hands down with his own style just a couple of days before. Yeah. And he did it with his brand of sumo. He proved that it was possible. And he didn't completely jump out of the way. It was a meet and shift, which people do all the time. I thought it was great. I thought it was like really, oh, I didn't expect that from you, Takakesha. It was like, it was the continuation of the drama for right. me. Well, it he, was, I think. He brought the the drama that came before. You, I realized then that that was all part of his game plan. It, like we yeah. see Takakesha give face, but 
we don't see it quite like that. And everyone was like, was Takakesho Nate nervous? Um, does he want to lose to Omega Shira 15? That would have some egg on his face, you know, and he's sitting there winning a tournament with an 11-4. That's already not very good. But again, yeah, it's part of the drama. It's part of his style that he was clever enough in that moment to go, if I look really intimidating, make this kid think that I am indeed the Ozeki, won't he be surprised when I do a hit and shift? And that's my trickeration. That's my trickery. Well, and isn't that just a wonderful lesson for a Migashira 15 yes. to learn yes. that when somebody gives you that much drama, <laughs> expect a hanka because it's all, it's just all smoke and mirrors. That's all it yes. is. <laughs> but that's the way it wrapped up and everyone's been panties in a wad ever since and i think you know give it a few days we will we will be looking forward to the next tournament and i'm sure there will be some payback one day for takakesho when it comes to Atami fuji and i'm looking forward to seeing that i think you know an awful lot of people ought to feel really great about how this basho ended you know mitakeyumi got his kachikoshi endo did really well um, Miyogiryu ended with a 10-5. Midori Fuji was just, I don't know how many katakashis he did. He did the fastest one I've ever seen on Aoyama on day 15. And we also got sumo and tears. Like poor sweet Atami Fuji was holding back the tears. We got some sumo tears. Mm -hmm. like, it, it, this tournament got, delivered. Yeah. Shodai got his kachikoshi at Maigashira 3. Asanoyama got his kachikoshi at Maigashira 2. All the Ozeki's two. are out of so, Kodoban. And they're doing okay. Yeah, all the Ozekis are looking strong. We've got all the Sekiwakis did well. It's going to be really interesting to sort of see what happens next time because it feels like we've got a stronger crew of people staying at the top without a whole lot of injuries. I was just really happy with how it ended. Me too. Except for poor Tamawashi. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's hope he heals up and makes some cupcakes that heal him before the next tournament. Anyway. I'm sure he will. We sure he have will. loved was, this tournament. Yeah. We will be back at you with even more exciting things next week for our episode. So after all of that, everyone have a stiff drink. Enjoy a little bit of a break. And we'll be back at you next week with who knows what we're going to be talking about next week, but we'll come up with something exciting for you. So thank you for playing bingo. Yeah. Congratulations to our bingo winners and congratulations to Takakesho, his fourth you show. And uh, before you know it too, we'll have news from the, from the tour. So there's always something to talk about when it comes to sumo. Until next week. All right. I am Leslie. I'm Laurie. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.